0: Well, he said he refused a meeting with our prime minister. And then our prime minister said, I didn't ask for one. So who do you believe? Neither. Because politics being played on both sides of this issue when we're talking about NAFTA. And, of course, it's being played at our expense. We are three days until this deadline. And we have no idea where things stand. You know, what are we waking up to on Monday morning? No one knows. All we get are the talking points that no deal is better than a, ba- a bad deal. <laughs> is it? I'm often asked, you know, when I talk about this, you know, what should Trudeau have done? You know, he's dealing with a crazy guy. OK, well, first of all, I'd suggest maybe not antagonizing him. He's pretty thin skinned so I probably wouldn't wear a T-shirt mocking the negotiations. I probably would not have been involved, you know, involved in a in a talk on, you know, comparing him to. A tyrant. We don't like their representative very much. Yeah, he noticed that. You know, and then it dawned on me I, I through a conversation with someone. Yeah, it, how did we get here? Well, our prime minister brought us here. Most people forget that when Trump won the election in 2016, during the call to congratulate him, our prime minister proactively offered to open up and renegotiate and modernize NAFTA. Why? Why? Take a listen. Prime Minister, uh, what do you hope to achieve by preemptively reopening the North American Free Trade Agreement before President-elect Trump has even asked you to do anything? Uh, The
1: fact is, uh, I think it's important that uh, we be uh, open to talking about trade deals like NAFTA or any other trade deal. I think uh, people uh, know that we need to continue to work to make sure that uh, the benefits for uh, Canadians, for workers, for our economy. Uh, from trade deals around the world, continue to accrue. And uh, as our ambassador said, uh, if the uh, Americans want to talk about NAFTA, I'm more than happy to talk.
0: (laughs) Hindsight's 2020. Imagine that. Happy to talk about it. Not so much now. That's how we got to where we are, and I think a lot of people forget that. Okay, and this wasn't Trump's idea. (laughs) It was given to him. Let's bring in uh, trade lawyer uh, Cindy Togham Cherniak. She is, of course, an expert in this area. And, you know, what are we waking up to Monday? She joins us now. Cindy, I mean, with all, you know, the last few days of Trump offered a call, Trump didn't offer a call, Trudeau said yes, whatever, what's been going on. There's a lot of of word games going on. We're now three days away uh, from this deadline. What's your gut telling you? My gut's
1: telling me that uh, we're going to miss the deadline Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and both sides have dug in and things aren't going to go well for Canada right now.
0: Yeah. And so what does that look like? I mean, we hear this rhetoric and these talking points of no deal is better than a bad deal. Is that actually true? Well, it all depends on what the bad deal
1: is. And so without ha- without the negotiation in public, which it shouldn't be in public, um, we're not sure how bad it is. But what we do know is that President Trump wants us to provide Canada to provide more access to the Canadian dairy market and cheese market. Um, he wants to do away with NAFTA Chapter 19. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's wants to give patent protection for pharmaceuticals for two more years, uh, making drug costs higher in Canada. Mm. And he wants to have a sunset So for the, the NAFTA agreement and renegotiation happening. So there are a number of things that like he big wants things. that aren't good mm. for Canada. He's taking things away that we currently have under the existing NAFTA.
0: Okay, And so, again, if we don't have a deal signed uh, Sunday, what do we wake up to on Monday morning?
1: One of two things. Uh, I expect the more likely scenario is continued negotiation. Uh, What's behind door number two is Trump threatening to withdraw from NAFTA and or impose tariffs against autos and auto parts.
0: Right. What does that look like? I know what it looks like. But let's tell our listeners, because really, you're the trade lawyer, you would know the broad implications. What does that look like? That
1: looks like much higher prices on Mm -hmm. automobiles and the potential. What President Trump is trying to do through that mechanism is by increasing the price of auto parts and cars going back and forth across the border, he is saying to the automakers, manufacture your cars in the United States. Do not manufacture your cars in Canada anymore because they're going to be much more expensive and have all the auto jobs shift to Americans.
0: And a lot of Canadians will lose their jobs. And how quickly then do we see that job loss? Is it like a couple of weeks? Is it months? Or... Can we go into a holding pattern for a few months while we bicker out the details, get past the midterms, politicize this thing? I mean, is there kind of a gray area where we can live in for a while?
1: It all depends on what timeline President Trump puts on the tariffs or his if mood. If put on immediately, <laughs> then we're going to have issues of goods going back and cross, back and forth across the border immediately because the duties will be imposed by the United States on all auto parts and cars going in from Canada to the United States. And so it's going to have an effect almost immediately on pricing and how much American car manufacturers are, are willing to pay for those items. And they're going to source switch. They're going to try and find alternative sources of supply. They're going to try and find domestic supply. They're going to try and find ways to minimize Um, the financial impact of the
0: duties. I mean, it's hard to believe we're at this place. I mean, I don't even think people remember. I didn't even remember. I started kind of looking back in time, and someone reminded me, well, why did Trudeau even dance with this? A couple of years ago, when Mr. Trump won the presidency, I mean, in that phone call, the celebratory congratulations, Mr. Trump phone call, it was, in fact, our prime minister who offered to modernize NAFTA, to open it up. I mean, We might not even be in this situation had he not offered that.
1: You're absolutely right. And he's probably looking back now thinking that he miscalculated and misjudged what President Trump might do to modernize NAFTA. And and we've gone off on a completely different track other than modernizing and making more business opportunities within the North American continent. Uh, and correcting some of the things within NAFTA that need to be corrected and improved and enhanced. Um, We have now, it's turned into giving the Americans more and Canadians getting less and a negative impact on our steel industry, Mm -hmm. a negative impact on our aluminum industry, negative impact on our auto industry, on our farmers, mm-hmm. and uh, there, there's a long list of other industries. You know, the, our pharmaceutical industry, our healthcare industry, our healthcare budgets. So, our, you know, even the governments, um, it's now gone, taken on a life of its own, and uh, they need to get back un, under control of the negotiations.
0: I mean, th- but there is damage that has been done that is going to take a long, long time to to correct. It. I mean, this business is not going to come back once it's gone.
1: It's not, and I think that President Trump is going to continue to hold the steel industry in Canada hostage. Um, you know what we're learning is within the NAFTA negotiations, they're not going to lift the twenty, the twenty-five percent duties, and that says to me that President Trump ha- is trying to close down some Canadian steel mills and have Canadian steel jobs go to the United States, and Canadians can pre- pay whatever price. The U.S. wants to charge for steel uh, because we're not going to have our industry to supply Canada as an alternative source of supply.
0: I think people forget already that these tariffs are in and, and because the steel industry has kind of been very quiet about it and not been making a lot of noise, everyone kind of forgets the damage is already being done. I have spoken to some in the steel industry. Um, they, are, they are extraordinarily um, nervous right now. They're praying that this thing gets fixed, but the reality is they aren't even seeing the money that the feds promised them in support. What are you hearing?
1: We're not hearing anything. And the, the the federal government has said that they are looking at a steel safeguard. And, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily in favor of a steel safeguard. I act for import interests and foreign producers of steel. I admit that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't know if that steel safeguard is going to be initiated next week, next month. Well, next shouldn't it year.
0: already have been given out? They've already been hit. These companies are already hemorrhaging
1: and they are and they, because they don't they can't sell what they used to be able to sell in the United States and so if the Canadian market is not enough for the Canadian steel companies and Canadian steel companies don't typically sell overseas to foreign markets typically most of them don't have a lot of export sales beyond to the United States and Mexico if they don't have the US as a market it's going to be very difficult to be able to operate the mills efficiently, and US, Canadian steel workers are going to lose jobs. They're going to be laid off There's, until we get this resolved. And I, I am starting to wonder whether or not part of President Trump's end game is to have some Canadian steel mills close, mm-hmm. where there is a, an equivalent steel mill in the United States. And so that the U.S. mill is the only North American mill. So it's the U.S. workers that have jobs, and the Canadian steel workers lose their jobs.
0: Dangerous game. We are being played and playing. So uh, I guess we'll see what happens in the next couple of days. I'd say thanks, but I don't feel good tonight with our conversation.
1: I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm just telling you like it is. It it, it really is too bad that we've headed off on the tangent that we're on right now. And maybe it wasn't such a great idea to reopen NAFTA. Yeah. Oops.
0: Cindy, we will uh, keep in touch in the next few days. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I'm Alex Pearson. This is On Point here on Global News Radio.